Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Finance in a Flash. I'm your host, John Motto, and today I'm joined again by Chip Highmiller. Chip, how are you doing today? John, I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. It is a nice spring time weather, and, uh, you know, it, it couldn't be better. Yeah. And, you know, the best part is we're, we're at the t- very tail, uh, tail end of tax season, and so you know, that's kind of nice too, to, to see the end in sight. I know that our tax team's kind of hard at it. And so I'll be glad when we can uh, kind of close the book on tax season and celebrate a little bit. So it's coming up soon. Yes. Our tax team has been hard at work. We give a quick shout out to those guys. I know that they're, they've been working hard for the last uh, few months in the, like you said, there is light at the end of the tunnel. We are almost there. <laughs> almost. So, um, if you see a tax preparer over, you know, anytime, give them a hug because they probably need it uh, after after uh, these few crazy months that they have at this time of year, every year. And, so, and really it's extended beyond that. It's like yeah, the last yeah. few years, it's kind of like, you know, all the changes and things that are happening um, in our tax code and, and, and really with people, their personal situations are kind of in flux too a lot a lot of times so uh yeah it's uh you know give them a high five or a you know buy them a coffee or something it's uh, <laughs> i'm sure they would appreciate it <laughs> yes i'm sure they would but like you said chip it is beautiful here in uh north carolina the spring is upon us last week the weather tried to trick us and give us you know that last little bit of uh of winter i'm hoping that we'll be leaving that behind us and we're uh sunnier warm days are ahead <laughs> That's right. I, I sure hope so. Yeah, great. Well, Chip, um, I'm glad to be back with you here today. We're continuing our two-part series um, I like to call Which Account. So last episode, you and I uh, discussed kind of some tax strategies and other considerations to take into account when deciding on which account to take a distribution from. That was a great episode. And if you haven't listened to that episode already, I would Highly uh, recommend you giving that one a listen. We had a great time recording it, and um, I think it's a good episode. Um, so, so this episode we're going to focus on which account to save to. Um, saving money for retirement seems so easy, right? You systematically contribute as much as you can to to an account, and uh, you know, invest according to your risk tolerance. Let time, let the time and power of compounding work its magic. Um, but of course, like we mentioned earlier, in this world of ever-changing tax laws and personal circumstances, it's never that simple, just like everything else in our industry seems to be. So um, so for savers, those accounts um, or those assets in the accumulation phase, it's important to not only systematically save, but uh, form a strategy. Um, you know, a lot of people come to us with goals. And so this strategy, this the saving strategy should really be, uh, you know, kind of a roadmap about how to get there. That's kind of ever changing. Um, the 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 strategy should also simultaneously provide um, some balance between current and future tax benefits, while also keeping the door open for um, liquidity should personal circumstances change. So, Chip, in the accumulation phase of life. How do how can one decide whether to contribute to my 401k plan, contribute to a Roth IRA, contribute maybe to an IRA or personal brokerage account? Oh, it's a simple question, right? Oh, yeah. It's just, you know, there's there's tons of rules of thumb, right? It's just it's easy. <laughs> Everyone should know it. Um, but, I, you know, we're, we're kind of saying that tongue in cheek because 
that's it's an awful difficult decision. It's uh, there are a lot of circumstances, some of which clients are familiar with, but but others they may not even it may not even be on their radar. And so our job is to kind of uh, you know see where the client is and and help formulate a strategy that uh, really can get them where they're uh, they want to go, but also. Uh, do that in the most tax optimized fashion. And so whenever we kind of put together tax stra- uh, saving strategies for people, it, it's really a lot of it is driven by by tax decisions and where they are in their uh, for their you know their personal tax situation. So uh, that's kind of how we approach this just like we we talked about in the last podcast for distributions. it's it's looking at you know where a person is, in the current tax brackets and where you kind of expect them to be in the future and, and, and making some educated uh, guesses and, and really some judgment call uh, on, on what, what to do and how to advise clients in this area. Yeah, absolutely. And like we said, on, on the surface, it's a, it's a pretty straightforward question, but there's a lot of moving parts um, like we, like we just mentioned. And um, one thing, one thing I do want to mention is, emergency savings. Chip, uh, I think that might be a good place to kind of start off. Could you talk about the role of an emergency savings and kind of some rules of thumb for that? Yeah. So, I mean, to us, we want to make sure that, you know, especially our savers uh, who are young and just starting out all the way up to, you know, even people who are in this, you know, pre-retiree phase, uh, we want to make sure that they have enough liquidity on hand to cover any kind of, uh, you know, emergencies or um, unexpected expenses that they may uh, have over time. And I, I'll tell you, you know, having, having done this a long time, we've seen a lot of different things that happen to people. And so we bring kind of a unique perspective on that. I know there are some rules of thumb uh, when it comes to emergency savings, like, you know, three months of living expenses or six months of living expenses and that sort of thing. But to us, it, it could be more involved than that, right? So let's think about people who maybe they, if they have, uh, you know, uh, real estate investments, or if they have their own business, or if they have a special needs child, or you know, any of these things that uh, happen to people, we kind of reflect that and how we advise people on, you know, how to position their emergency fund targets and really the, the level of emergency savings we think is appropriate. Uh, in their case. So we we really provide a lot of uh, uh, background there and experience when we give advice on emergency fund, which is really the first thing that we do whenever we uh, work, start working with a new client. We want to make sure that, you know, anything that's invested can stay invested for a long time. And part of that is, is identifying an emergency fund that is adequate to cover almost anything that can happen to a person. Yeah, no, the emergency savings is a, um, is a, is a huge aspect of that. And, um, you know, like everything we do here is customized to each unique individual situation. And, um, Chip, now that we've kind of got the emergency savings covered, could you kind of, could you talk about, you know, you know, some of the, the common types of accounts like 401k plans, Roth IRAs, personal brokerage accounts. Um, could you kind of discuss the the accessibility of those various accounts uh, of account types and kind of the taxation of those? Um, just because I, I think it's important to understand that um, before we kind of get into the, 
to the depths of things. Um, I know we've mentioned this in other podcasts, but it's so important. I think it's good to touch on it again. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a reminder, but I'll tell you that, you know, we think of accounts uh, and that's, and really it's based on the uh, tax attributes of the accounts, as well as the possibility of, you know, accessing the funds uh, and avoiding things like penalties and early distribution withdrawal penalties and that sort of thing. Um, and so, uh, you know, we'll kind of break it down between qualified and non-qualified accounts. So qualified accounts are like IRAs or 401k accounts. Okay. So, so a traditional IRA or a 401k account, if you think about it, you know, contributions go, can go into these accounts on a, uh, a tax deferred basis. A lot of times people get, uh, you know, tax deductions by contributing. If you contribute to a traditional 401k plan or a, a traditional IRA, uh, you can take a tax deduction for that oftentimes. Um, so, so when we're saving, you know, that's, that's a key element, right? If we can avoid uh, some tax uh, currently uh, to defer tax over time in these accounts, we, we, that's a good thing for a lot of people. Uh, Roth IRAs are a little bit different because you w- do not receive a tax deduction going in. But the best thing about Roths, and I, I know our listeners have heard us talk about this before, and really the hugest, uh, most enormous benefit you can get is it's never taxed again, right? So, you know, you you contribute into a Roth, uh, grow that account through prudent investing, and uh, at some point in time, you can money out on a tax exempt basis. It's never taxed again. So, uh, you know, that's that handles your your qualified accounts and your Roth accounts. And then you've got uh, what we call personal brokerage accounts. Well, this is just uh, people who can who save outside of, uh, you know, any of the qualified accounts. This is just a personal account. A lot of times it, if it's a spouses have a joint account together um, and they kind of uh, save together simultaneously for uh, other goals. I mean, you know, IRAs and Roth IRAs, or you think about those as kind of retirement accounts. Well, a personal brokerage account is kind of an, can be an intermediate to longer term savings type of account where you do not receive a tax deduction going in. uh, And, uh, you know, withdrawals can be taxed. I mean, you're, you're, you're really only taxed on any capital gains, um, in that account and, and any income that the account generates. So if you owned a bond fund and it uh, produces, it generates interest in that account, then each year you get a 1099 and you kind of have to pay a little bit of taxes there. But, um, you know, you, you from our standpoint, we really like to see people have a combination of those types of accounts. And so, you know, what we try to help people understand and, and accomplish is, well, how much should I be contributing to each account? And, and honestly, that is a, a very custom uh, decision for people. And it's something that we have to provide a lot of thought because, you know, if you think about it, if you contribute into a 401k plan, there's a heck of a lot of restrictions and penalties and uh, and issues to take money out if you need that money prior to the age of, let's say, you know, late 50s. Okay, so uh, whereas with a personal brokerage account, you have hundred access hundred percent of the time you know pretty much if you um, need money from a personal brokerage account you pretty much can get it you know uh, almost immediately in most cases so you know we we want to also combine this element of you know liquidity and um, and they help clients take that through before we're 
you know, when we're given these the recommendations on on which account to save to. Yeah, and um, it's like one thing Aaron likes to say, and I'll probably mention this later on the podcast, but Aaron says she likes to embed flexibility into the plan. And right. I think that, and I think that's really important and really custom to every single, um, every single client we have. So Chip, we've kind of talked about the, the, the types of accounts. Now, I, I think, I think, you know, our listeners and, you know, a lot of people that come in the door, they say, you know, I, I know of all these accounts, but how do I decide, you know, when to turn on and off the spigot? When do I, when do I, you know, decide, oh, okay, I need to be saving in my 401k plan. Oh, I need to switch over to my Roth. Oh, I need to switch, you know, do I need to switch over to my personal brokerage account? So could you kind of give us some insight on that? I know, I know that you'll say this, but it's, you know, it, it's not going to be the same for everybody, but just some general thoughts. Yeah. And it's tricky uh, too. I mean, you, you want to, uh, Make sure that uh, you know you you take advantage of all of the tax benefits that are out there because honestly, there's not that many uh, available to people. And so, you know, to us, when it comes to certain things, we, you know, we're we're looking for both client specific issues as well as more general issues like you know where um, how much tax benefit uh, a person would get by contributing to their 401k. Uh, and a lot of times, honestly, John, we we work with clients to kind of come up with a game plan that fits them exactly. So, you know, we're, we're and we help that we will tell them, hey, if you save $1,000 to your 401k, then you're saving $350 uh, in your federal taxes. And, you know, now with that being said, you're locking the money up until you're, you know, late 50s. Um, but, you know, you're that's a heck of a benefit, a nice tax benefit. And so we're kind of, you know, feeling clients out, I think, uh, and just kind of seeing where they stand and how, where, where their uh, priorities align and that sort of thing. But, you know, to us, we want to see, we want to see a strategy where, you know, in the years where you're lower earning years, um, you know, when you're in the lower tax brackets, you know, we, we like to see people take advantage of Roth there, right? So that's, you know, you're you're contributing to a Roth. You're not really getting a tax deduction going into the Roth, but heck, you're in the low tax bracket anyway. And the expectation is that your income will grow over time, right? And then as your income grows and as you kind of progress through the tax brackets, at some point you kind of say, well, you know, let's, let's uh, either trim back exposure to the Roth because sometimes that they're subject to income phase outs, right? Uh, but also, you know, it becomes the 401k contributions become such a large tax benefit that it's hard to ignore. Uh, and so we want to make sure that people are are taking advantage of that uh, as well. So, you know, in, in our mind, at the end of the day and in, in retirement, right, as you're approaching retirement, we like to see people. And this is where Aaron kind of talks about embedding flexibility. You know, we want to see people with, you know, reasonable asset levels in each type of account, right? So we don't want all of their money to be in 401k plans because we talked about in our last time, in the last podcast, you know, when you're taking money out of that, it's taxed on a dollar for dollar basis, uh, which could pose problems for some retirees. So we just like to see, you know, some money in, in Roth IRAs, some money in uh, 401k 
plans and some money in personal brokerage accounts. And so uh, it's no specific rule of, th- rule of thumb or, you know, an age or some even an income level, uh, really, as to when you, you kind of cut one spigot off and, and open up another spigot. But to me, it's, it's, you know, it's something that you need to constantly be aware uh, and, and looking at. And really, that's one thing I think our office really does an exceptional job at is, is especially as we're really involved on the tax uh, side of things, you know, we want to make sure that and, and rethink that and, re- and question, hey, is our saving strategy still appropriate? We were contributing more to the Roth, but now maybe it's time to uh, contribute more to the 401k plan, uh, the traditional 401k plan. So, you know, I, to me, it's just a matter of uh, being on top of things and, and reassessing you know, really each and every year. Yeah, and I think I think what you said was really interesting because not only is it customized to every client, the saving strategy, it's cha- ever changing. It could be different, you know, year to year. Um, so th- that's one thing that you really have to be on top of. And I'll agree with you, Chip. I think that's something we do really well here, and something that we kind of um, you know keep our hands on the pulse of. You know, even right now we're kind of doing we're doing stuff. You know, as tax returns are getting finished up, it's like oh. You know, we we have X, Y, and Z opportunity, and we're we're taking those opportunities. You know, contribute to a Roth, maybe, um, or contribute to an IRA, or or you know, plan for the next year. So, I, you know, that's something we we really enjoy doing here, and something I think we do a good job of. Um, yeah, and I'll just I'll just interject there, John, because yeah. you you made a great point. Because as we're for a lot of our clients, we're uh, we're preparing and filing a tax return, but but we're also reviewing. Uh, tax work from other CPAs. And so sometimes, you know, you notice things, hey, this client just turned 50. Well, that opens the door to catch up contributions on things. And so you're, you're, you're allowed to save more towards a 401k, you're allowed to save more towards a Roth. And so we want clients to take advantage of that when, when they can. And, and honestly, you know, people don't think, oh, I've turned 50. And so now that now I have catch up, I'm eligible for catch-up contributions. And so, but that's something that we, that's on our radar and we want to make sure that they take advantage of those things. Yeah, absolutely. Finding those various different avenues of opportunities is something we, um, we, we love to do here. And, uh, you know, Chip, we've, we've talked a lot about savings for the future today and um, I don't, we haven't mentioned any uh, education savings. Uh, so can you Isn't kind that of funny um, how that works? <laughs> you know, I, I think, I think, and we always tell our clients, Hey, you know, that's strategic because number, our number one priority is, is you. Um, and we want to make sure that you are saving enough uh, for yourself because I, I, some of the, some of the larger mistakes we've seen over time is that, you know, people have saved a lot of money to education savings account, but then you look at, you know, their 401k and their personal brokerage and their Roth IRA, and it's just not much there. So it's, you have to be careful when you're, when you're simultaneously saving for multiple goals. And so, you know, uh, I think that education savings is a component of uh, a sound strategy, but I just want to be careful um, whenever we're recommending saving because, you know, honestly, like, you know, right now, the 529 plans are, uh, you know, for most people, the, a, a good option for education saving. But, you know, some it's not that way for everybody. I mean, may, there's there's situations uh, that we, re, we re, 
you know, recommend not contributing to a 529 plan and instead, hey, let's let's save to a personal brokerage account with the idea that maybe a certain portion of that money is earmarked for education savings. Uh, but it o- leaves the door open, you know, for if something happens on the the parent situation, you know, hey, we can we still have access to that money. Whereas if we had saved that to a 529 plan, you know, it's it's limited, uh, you know, flexibility in, in terms of how liquid that money is uh, for us to use. I mean, 529 plan, if you take a non-qualified distribution from a 529 plan, it's taxed and penalties and all that kind of stuff. So we just want to be aware of, of you know, client-specific factors that would would influence that decision. Yeah, and I and I think it's really easy, especially for um, young parents or you know young professionals or people thinking about having kids, even um, to just assume that's you know oh I should I should be doing this and you know you know I should be saving to a five two nine and just not you know considering some of these things that we take into account here and like and you know I don't want to I, I don't want to say this too much but. I, I think it can't be said enough almost honestly is like, it's just like Aaron says, embedding flexibility. Like when you, you know, just thinking about that when you're coming up with this saving strategies, because a lot of people come to us with goals, right? They come to us with goals. We take a look at the big picture, right? Everything they have going on, all the moving parts and kind of make a roadmap that to get to, to help clients get to those goals. They've done the hard part, the the savings and stuff like that. We just can kind of help guide to get to those goals. And, you know, like we've mentioned earlier in this podcast, you know, it's, it's not a set roadmap for everybody. It changes all the time. Sometimes there are detours and obstacles in the road, but that's all stuff that we can plan for. Um, Chip, do you have any uh, kind of parting thoughts or anything else to add? Well, I mean, I think we've done a good job of just, you know, making people aware of the fact that, you know, everyone's a little different. Um, but yeah, there's there's really, you know, to me, I want to avoid mistakes. And whenever you're talking about saving simultaneously for multiple goals at once, um, you know, there's the possibility that you could could make a mistake and and maybe it's something that you're not thinking about. And so to us, we just want to make sure that uh, we're we're optimizing this decision. Because at the end of the day, you know, taking advantage of, you know, both current tax rates as well as having an understanding of where all of our clients will be in the future in terms of tax rates, that helps us uh, kind of uh, provide the guard rails around, you know, which accounts to save towards and how much and, and that sort of thing. And so, you know, that's that's really, I hope, uh, the takeaway for this podcast is that, you know, uh, we want to see maximum flexibility, but, uh, you know, we also want to take advantage of, of any tax benefits, uh, that the client has through different types of accounts. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Chip. And uh, I've enjoyed, uh, recording this episode with you as always. And I just want to take the second to thank everyone for joining us here today on another great episode of finance in a flash. Um, if you have any topics, um, things we haven't covered yet on on the podcast, and you feel like you know, hey, shoot them an e- shoot us an email. Let us know. We love hearing from our listeners, and um, we love talking about this kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, we'll cover it. But until then, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.